Welcome to Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Monday, August the 6th. Man, just flying by. Hotter than, I don't even want to, it is super hot and it's humid, which for Arizona is horrible news. Be safe out there. Uh, it was incredible. Yet Yesterday, uh, it was a big sweat factory out there. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. Of course, legal, lawful, constitutional tender, gold and silver. What we like to call wealth insurance is what we do. The website at allamericangold.com. I think you heard him in the background. Uh, Joining me today, Glenn Biddle, the professor. Glenn, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you today, Joe? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How was your weekend? Were you spending it on the beach? Because if you were, then I don't want to hear about it. Well, I'm going to tell you, I was at the beach yesterday. Sorry. But it was fun. Now, I don't want to hear about this 35% humidity out in Arizona. 85% humidity. It's hot. You know, we are. I we we had a, a the parents had a football get together yesterday, and uh, we were all talking about people don't understand. You know, a hundred and ten, hundred and twelve. It's hot no matter what, but when you throw in thirty, forty percent humidity, it it's tough, man. Well, I'll take your dry heat any day over this liquid heat I have that, here. But, but you know what? It's only 90 there. Yeah, but it's 90 plus 85% humidity. <laughs> if you walk outside and you, you, you lose I'm a pound of sweat. This, this is, I'm ready. Put it this way. I am ready for summer to be over with. Speaking of summer being over with, all the kiddies here in Arizona heading back to school uh, at schools, depending on where you are, either today, tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, all of them are heading back to the classroom. My older son leaves Thursday. I'm not ready. I'll tell you what, Glenn, it's tough. I, uh, as the day gets closer, uh, I, I, I'm, uh, I feel like I'm losing a little bit of control here. I'm, I'm trying to be cool about it, but our oldest son heads to college on Thursday and, uh, yeah, dealing with that reality is, is getting harder. Well, I've sent two girls to school this already in the past two, three years, and my son will be the last one next year. He's a senior this year. And, you know, he's getting some looks at some colleges for lacrosse, and we're excited. But, yeah, he'll be my last one, and I'll be an empty nester. That's going to be tough. You're going to be an empty nester. Wow. Yeah, my youngest is still a, a sophomore. He's a sophomore in high school this year, and I oh, – I, I really thought I was ready. You know what? We did a good job, and, and we keep telling all of our friends and stuff. You know what? He's ready to go, uh, and, and I just and I thought we were ready. Now I'm I'm starting to doubt how ready me and my wife really are about him leaving. But uh, I think we get sadder by the day. Well, once he gets there and gets going, he'll he'll forget about. No, he'll forget. The loneliness he'll, he's and, ready. Yeah, he's, yeah, not, he's not sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Hopefully, he'll get a little homesick. That'll make me and mom feel a little better. Of course, that just means she'll want to go see him. Uh, but nonetheless, that's what's going on at my house. Uh, of course, for for most of the financial stuff, we got tariffs now. We've got economic sanctions on Iran. We have currency manipulation. We had uh, another government 
having some bond trouble auctions and having to intercede in their bond markets. We'll let you know who that is. We just had an auction this morning. We broke a record, and not the good kind of record, uh, and we'll tell you all about that. And then, Glenn, we got some things that, that you want to touch on as well. Yeah, I've got a good idea for your next family game night. Oh, oh I can't wait for that. What is, you got to tell me. Yeah, well, have you ever been to any of these bars where they do the trivia and you have a little team and, you, and you're able to compete against other people? Yeah, yeah. Now, you don't necessarily have to do it at a bar. I mean, you can just go to, like, a, a restaurant, and they have these trivia nights. Well, I did one last week, and it was an absolute blast. And they, they made the mistake of having an economics and history category, and my team blew the whole thing up. We, we walked out of there as kings, so it was a lot of fun. But I wrote down some of the questions and quotes they had because they're actually kind of cool. Okay, I can't wait to, to find out. We'll talk all about those things. Plus, I'm going to give you an update. One of the reasons why you listen here, because you hear what nobody else wants to tell you about, there was a major update to Social Security and Medicare, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, last week. Uh, A major update. Nobody covered it. Nobody talked about it. I'm going to share with you some new numbers. Uh, And again, uh, every year that goes by, uh, the they start coming around like I told you. I've been telling everybody that'll listen. Listen, I don't know if it's 2025, maybe 20. I think 2025 is the number. I think that's when uh, all of the trust funds are going to be depleted. Uh, but there was a a major update last week on the condition of Medicare, and this is Medicare, what I'll call Part A. This is the big part of Medicare, right? You know, then you've got the supplements, B, C, D. This is part A. Uh, I'm going to give you an update. They've released a new number of when that trust fund is going to be out of money. Of course, remember, as we know, there is no trust fund, right? It, and and they're using this trust fund, I guess, as a way of this is them going to get ready to tax the living daylights out of us, uh, despite what they may or may not say, because since there is no trust fund, if you're running a deficit, well, it's just coming out of the taxpayer's dime anyway. We'll bring you up to speed on all of that much more. Patriot Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dial. 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. Joe Jaquin, Glenn Biddle, the professor, uh, joining us uh, on this fantastic, because i got no other words to use. I'm just going to go with it. It's a fantastic day. Uh, it's going to be super hot and muggy here in the Valley of the Sun uh, which means no golfing for me. Uh, that's, that's just really why I'm in a bad mood. But speaking of bad moods, Glenn, do you, have you been following uh, that New York Times editorial gale that Sarah Hun or whatever uh, her last name is? Have you followed that? You know, she sent all of these horrible uh, Twitter comments about white people and specifically white men and old men. And, and all of that controversy. Have you been following that? Yeah, we talked about that Friday, and there's a, now a twist to it. There was an African-American conservative who changed all those tweets to Jewish, a Jewish person or a black person, inserted that for white guy, and she got banned from Twitter for doing that. 
and this New York Times person is still good to go, celebrated probably by the editorial staff. And, and, did you, and did here's you see the point. So that was that was one of the points, right? That that I wanted to bring up. And here's what uh, one other thing I want people to understand. Okay, this is a 30 year old who is making these tweets. Most of the tweets cover. Uh, 2014, 15, 16. Some of them go back to like, I think some of them go back to 2014 or 2013, but she was in her mid 20s. Mid to later 20s. This was not a 17 year old, 16 year old high school student, obviously using poor judgment. And then on top of that, you know, just because I want people to know this. This is a woman that graduated from Cal Berkeley, right, and then graduated from Harvard Law School, two of the most prestigious universities in the country. And this is what they're teaching them, Glenn. I mean, this is it, right? They're teaching yeah, hate at our colleges. And, and, and yeah, it's I'm so a... funny because, as, as you talked about, the black female conservative who just said, hey, I'm going to use her tweets. And, and instead of wherever it says white guy, she put Jewish or black person, and she that person was immediately banned. Of course, Alex Jones getting more banned today now. I guess Apple's done with them. Uh, Facebook's now uh, said you're done. Right? He was on suspension. Now he's done. And all of these messages are trying to be drowned out. And, and it's just something for me. Here's what's most disappointing. That whether or not... You like what she had to say, didn't like what you had to say, right? She has the right to express her opinion. But the fact that she went to two of the most prestigious universities in this country and somehow as an as an adult, she felt, let's face it, this is a highly educated woman, felt that it was okay for her to do it. And the fact of the matter really, what really is funny, obviously being celebrated and protected by people on the left that are propagating the hate, and it's very easy to see how this is going to end up. You know, there's, you know, you, you look at uh, what's happening, you know, obviously all the violence in Chicago or Baltimore, but this is bigger than this. There is a hate, and there's hate everywhere. It's being... Uh, really slanted, right? They try to make it out as the right that's doing the hate, but let's face it, I really think it's the other way around, right? The hate is from the left, and then the right gets in trouble when they respond to the hate. What do you I, thought? I think you're exactly you right. I think you're exactly right, and if you took a look at the, the uh, political leanings of probably a lot of those professors where she went to college, I would say it's probably 85 to 90% liberal, and they are... they probably put that out in their classroom, their leaning. And if you came into my history class, you would never know where I came down on the political spectrum because I give you the right side of the argument, the left side of the argument, I give you all sides, and then you get to figure out for yourself how you think. And ultimately it's up to your parents of these eighth graders that I teach of how they bring their kids up and what, they, what their values are. So it's not for me to preach anything in a classroom about a particular topic. And that's what we're lacking today is middle-of-the-road teaching in the higher universities and in academia in general. And then the stifling of free speech on 
political uh, of political speech on campuses. It's tragic. I'm going to tell you, it is concerning to me. I did not know. I'll be honest with you. When it first came up, I didn't know. I don't know who she is. I don't read the New York Times, and she is a IT law expert. I, I guess there is a need for that, considering when you're looking at uh, the cases against Apple or Google or Facebook, right? The the New York Times wants to have an expert when it comes to IT law, which is what I guess this young lady specializes in. And 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 I was just curious, because I, I, I didn't know and I, I just Googled her name, and Wikipedia said, you know what, she graduated from Cal Berkeley and, and then got her law degree at Harvard, and I was like, you know what, now it all makes sense to me. And, and, and it's something where I, I'm so disappointed that this is, this is the expectation that we should expect from these, these students that are graduating from what used to be the most prestigious schools in the country that they come out and, and really let's say let's call it what it is it's hate speech is what it is and it's attacking you know of course apparently it's cool and it's in vogue now to attack white people well that's what it looks like these days and uh, if you looked at what happened out in portland this weekend the police by order of the mayor basically stood down and antifa was able to go in there and attack that's uh, Patriot Prayer Movement. And you see this a lot on the West Coast now where these mayors are telling their cops, just not, don't, don't get involved, stand down, let happen what happened, and then you see what happens on the news, and a lot of times the right side, the right wing side gets blamed for everything and not the Antifa, and it's, it's starting to get troubling. It, it, it is. It's starting to mount. You know what? I'm not going to say any more about it. I wanted to just mention it. I don't want to get banned. Uh, so... Uh, but just just food for thought, right? There is it is time for change in America. But you know what? The change that we need is is the what is being rammed down the throats of all of our young children uh, under the pretext that it's education. You know, and I think about the everybody's got to get a college degree thing, and now I'm starting to wonder was the was the purpose of everybody needs to go and get a college degree so they could just continue the brainwashing, right? And let's face it, they're they're away from mom and dad, and they're 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 out of their quote unquote, you know, they're out of the cocoon, and they're going to spread their wings, and 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 you know what? Most people just want to fit in. Right, that really, when you think about it, when when you go somewhere new, and I don't care if you change jobs or if you move uh, your residence or whatever it may be, your kids got to go to a new school. People want to do what? They want to fit in, right? They want to fit in. They want to make friends. They want to do this. They want to do that. And it's obviously, it's so clear to me that in in. It's really, and I say, you know, Cal and, and Harvard may be the extremes of it, but wherever the education is, is occurring, right, it, it is really something to where I think most of these kids, whether they believe it or don't believe it, want to fit in and, 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 and essentially go along with whatever it is that the university's quote-unquote message needs to be. And, and I think this is a message that needs to change. Because as as, it go, as we go further and further down this message, the 
the lack of tolerance is incredible. Like like Glenn was saying, hey, listen, there's two sides. You got to present both, and 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 that's not what's happening. Uh, and, and I think it's it's a huge cause of concern. One of the things I worry as my son getting ready to go, you know, he's going to be in Chicago, and and uh, the message that he's going to be inundated with. And I, I I will tell you that I do take solace in the fact that my wife and I, you know, at least we want to believe, you know, all parents do. Hey, we did a good job. He knows what his values are, and uh, I, I just really am disgusted that this is happening, especially at the places where, let's face it, at the end of the day, if if, if Harvard or Cal right, wanted to give a scholarship to my son, I mean, that would be something where, you know what, my whole life, oh my God, that how great would that be, right? You're like, you got to go to Harvard, you got to go to Cal Burton, I mean, these are great places, look how great, you're going to be able to have a great life and a great job and this and that, and now you got to worry about the nonsense uh, that they're really teaching up there. Uh, but having said that, we'll move on. I, I got two big, important pieces of information today. We've been noticing. Nobody, listen, I get it, right? We want to celebrate the quote-unquote good time, right, and the 4% GDP for a whole entire, I know, for a whole 90 days. We got a whopping 4.1. And I don't mean to make fun of that. We have broken, or matter of fact, 2018, never in the history of the world have we seen this before. Companies bought back, are going to buy back, $1 trillion of their own stock. Most people don't know. Do you know it was illegal for companies to buy back their own stock up until 1982? Glenn, did you know that? I did not know that, but it seems that's what they're all doing now with their tax breaks that they got. It was part of the Reagan tax package where they allowed companies to buy back their own stock. The reason why they didn't want companies to do it was because they could manipulate their stock price. So you really don't have a good sense unless you're a super, super educated investor as to the real health of a company like when we get all these earnings reports right you you see them on the internet oh, oh, earnings are 20 percent earnings growth and blah 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 but what you don't hear what you don't know was what well, was that good i mean it sounded good but you know we know they had tax advantage but what if they didn't buy back the stock how would the earnings report have looked then, right? Because that would give you a true indication of the health of the company, right? And and and, and one of the reasons why they did not want to allow companies to do this, and of course, I think the other worry was they knew they would just be enriching themselves. Uh, but yeah, over it, could you imagine if that money had been spent in the real economy? Right, because oh, they used to take incredible. that money, right, and what give right, raises build new factories, create new ideas and research and development, and now all of these companies, what's the first thing they go to? Buy back our stock. And and and, and think about, really, we've had Wall Street really done nothing on a trillion dollars worth of stock buybacks. It's really hard to understand, but I wanted to bring that to light because most people don't know 
how much the laws have changed to benefit all of these companies. You think about what their tax rates used to be back in uh, before the 80s, the fact that they couldn't buy back their own site, and there was good reason for a lot of that stuff. And listen, I'm, I'm big on, listen, I don't like tax anybody. But before we, but before we do all of that stuff, we got to get rid of government, right? We got to cut it down. We got to start carving all this stuff back out, all the free handouts and all of that. When we get back, we're going to talk about the biggest handout of all, talking about Social Security and Medicare uh, and the new update and, and that came out last month, or out last month, excuse me, last week. And here's what's scary about these new updates. They don't take off six months. Hey, you know what? Our projection was off. It's actually going to be out of money six months earlier or three months earlier. They are taking off years. And, and and you think about even the best-case scenario, the Social Security Trust Fund doesn't run out allegedly to 2034, but wait till they adjust it. We're going to talk about that and what happened at the dead auction this morning. Patriot Radio News Hour. Don't touch your dial. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative perspective since 1983, continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Today's anniversary of the dropping of the atom bomb on Hiroshima on August 6, 1945, is supposed to make us all hang our heads in shame. But for the men who fought World War II, the atom bomb was a lifesaver in every meaning of the word. Dropping the bomb on Hiroshima meant the difference between life and death to hundreds of thousands of our best and brightest young men. Dropping the bomb on Hiroshima meant that those fine young American men could come home, grow up to live normal lives, marry and raise families, instead of dying a tortured death 5,000 miles away. What the Hiroshima bomb accomplished was to preempt General George Marshall's horrendous plan to defeat Japan, an island-by-island invasion at a projected cost of a half million American deaths. The first phase, called Operation Olympic, would have sent 650,000 American servicemen starting November 1, 1945, to try to capture the island of Kyushu. It would have been a slaughter because the Japanese were prepared to defend the island with a half million troops and 5,000 kamikaze planes. The follow-up invasion, called Operation Coronet, was scheduled to start the drive toward Tokyo in March 1946. U.S. plans projected an invasion force of two million men. Japan planned to defend its home islands with two million troops and an armed militia of 28 million, all sworn to fight to the death. Admiral William Leahy, Truman's military advisor, predicted that 35% of U.S. soldiers would be killed or wounded during the first 30 days of an invasion of Japan. The Hiroshima bomb saved those lives, as well as those of about 400,000 Allied prisoners of war held by the Japanese, whom Japan had planned to execute. President Harry Truman didn't have any difficulty making the atom bomb decision. He told reporters in 1947, I didn't have any doubts at the time, because the decision saved hundreds of thousands of American lives.
Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. You'll be glad to know the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly continues. Upheld by Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, chairman Helen Marie Taylor, treasurer John Schlafly, a full staff in St. Louis in our nation's capital, and thousands of citizen volunteers, her eagles, across the country. You can be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. Last week, Social Security Administration released another update. So by law, every six months, we need to get an update on the health, lack of a better term, on the uh projections on Social Security and Medicare. So as all of you know, and for those of you that don't, really quickly, uh, the FICA piece of your paycheck right, is what we're talking about. Uh, that is your Medic- Medicare and Social Security uh, payments that you need to make. And, and this is the system where, again, all of this stuff, created as a a safety net if you will uh for for Americans right because let's face it right companies don't do it anymore right? they don't take care of us uh even though they allowed them to start buying back their stock in 19, in 1982 uh as a way of i guess supposing uh to keep these companies healthy what did they do got rid of pensions right the most of these companies that are buying their stock back uh, actually owe their pension systems, which is incredible why they would be allowed to do that, but we know why, right? And you, you got it. Don't worry, because they were kind enough to give you that 401k instead. Uh, we're no, we know how that's really working out. Most people have less than 40 grand in it, uh, where it used to be you could work for a company for 20, 30 years, and then uh, they'd pay for everything when you retired, right? All your medical costs, all your all your day-to-day living costs and all of that stuff, you knew, right? Hey, I've got a pension. This is how much it's going to be. I'm going to get it every month. Of course, now most of these pension systems, uh, they're allowed to get, get rid of in bankruptcy. And, of course, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corp and all that other uh, stuff. Eventually, most of these people, uh, right when they're going to need that money the most, aren't going to get it. But they came out with their update. The last update six months ago said that Medicare would not be insolvent until 2029. Six months later, and reported by essentially nobody, the trust fund is now going to be bankrupt in 2026. Of three full years of ahead of schedule. Now, remember the last update they gave us? They gave us the update on when Social Security was going to start needing to dip into the trust fund. We were led to believe that that wasn't supposed to happen until 2022, and then we found out, hey, you know what, we're off. We're off by a little bit. Uh, that's going to happen this year. <laughs> So they, they missed that one by four years. Now they're saying that the the Medicare Part A, when you think about Medicare and Social Security, uh, we spend about a trillion 
dollars each right now on both of those programs. Okay, the Medicare Part A piece is about seventy percent of total spending, so it's by far the biggest piece of that puzzle, uh, and that is the part that they are now saying will be insolvent uh, in 2026. And here's the problem, because I already know. I know the calculations that they use. They pretend that interest rates are going to stay right where they're at forever. They they have growth that not, not one single respected economist, not that economist, you know, they're, they're never very good at forecasting anyway, but not one respected economist anywhere in the world actually believes we can grow at the rate that they project, right? which kind of just tells you that, that it's junk. But we're going to get every six months, we are going to continue to get these updates, and they're just going to, to push the date closer and closer. You, know, you think about it, 2026, that's eight years. Medicare will be broke in eight years, which means we all know what that means. That actually means there's no way they're going to be, it's going to get to 2026. Right? I mean, right, Glenn, you think about it. If they're saying 2026 today, what's the real number? Well, you always say you can multiply inflation by three. So I guess subtract three or more or factor it by back by three. So they're going to. It's going to hit us. And when you're talking about those 401k plans, a third of that's going to be taxes that's going to come out of it. So it's not all that all your money in there. You know, if it's if it's pre- that it's, part. it's unbelievable. The best part of of those 401ks and people, you know, we don't spend a lot of time talking about it, but but you do know people. What people don't realize, the 401k was designed to supplement the pension, Social Security. Was, di- was designed to supplement your pension, right? And so now we have the vast majority of Americans are going to rely on two different systems, right? The Social Security system and a 401K that were only meant to be supplements, right? In other words, hey, neither of these are big enough for you to actually live off of. Uh, and now we find out that that Medicare now has an expiration date of 2026. Social Security, they haven't changed it yet. They're still sticking to 2034, but give it six more months. And I promise you that number's going to fall, right, based on the last two, three to four years. And then in a couple of more years, it's going to fall another three or four years. And, And remember what they'll do. Here's the easy solution. So... I'm going to just give you a, a, a something that I know what they'll do because they always look for the easy way out. Is they'll adjust the amount of money from Social Security, right? Because they get 6.2% from the employee, 6.2% from the employer, and all of us out there that are self-employed, you know, we get paid. Got to pay double, 12.4%. They'll make an adjustment. So Medicare in 2022, which is my new guess now for Medicare when it goes insolvent, which will make it so it will appear not to be, but what it will do is it will force the Social Security timeline way down. 
right? So they'll they'll either way. I think this is just an example here. We've got I don't know five to seven years before both of them are insolvent. Uh, the news in the report says just like Social Security, Medicare will be into their quote unquote trust fund this year as well. In other words, we're not collecting enough for what we're already paying out. That means we got to sell even more debt. I'll let you know how our latest debt auction went next. I want all of you, you know, maybe you like me, maybe you don't, right? Maybe a lot of you out there think that, especially, and most of you probably don't, right? You regular listeners don't, but the people that don't listen to this show regularly think that I'm trying to scare you. Matter of fact, most people would rather believe that I'm just lying, that what I've just told you is not true. The mainstream media they count on that. How do you really think this is going to play out, really? You're telling me what, you believe Larry Kudlow? You think that moron, I can't find his backside with both hands. But the next time Larry Kudlow's right about anything economically ever will be the first time. Right, of course, you know he's the in charge of the he's the senior economic advisor. Understand what's really happening. They want us to believe we can have debt through uh, prosperity through debt, and you can't. Well, really, what we're finding out is what what more and more homeless. Right, we see the articles; they're everywhere. Phoenix, Phoenix is a cesspool of homeless. For those of you that live here, I know that maybe you see them on the street corner. Maybe you see a homeless person at your parking lot at your supermarket. But that's not what I'm talking about. Go downtown during the day. Go near the the courthouse and the state building, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And that's in every city now. They're everywhere. The middle class is shrinking in America. Those are facts. And now I'm telling you, the amount of debt that we need to sell is exploding. And now Social Security and Medicare, every six months the trust fund comes out and they keep telling us the same thing. Oh, it's a little sooner. Sorry. Oh, yeah, it's four years sooner. Uh, it's three years sooner. It's It's two years sooner. Everything's sooner. We're already spending more than they take. And all it does is add to the debt. This morning, we had an auction. These are what I call the slam dunk auctions. Okay, So these are very, very short-term auctions. You have to hold it for a very brief period of time. These are uh, the notes today were three month and six month notes. By the way, record 
issuance. In other words, the United States is already starting to reach records for the amount of debt that they need to sell and get, you know, for the next, I don't even know, 10, 20 years, everything's going to be a record. But what we've been following is what we call the bid to cover. Remember, when Japan has trouble with bid to cover, what happens? Their central bank just buys it all. At the beginning of the program, I let you know another country had a problem. This time, it was Italy, right? We have, we've talked about Italy a little bit, right? They're, they're one of the countries that, that's not going to make it, right? They're probably going to be the spear of uh, the EU coming to an end. Their central bank had to intercede at their debt auction. This morning, the bid to cover on a three-month note, uh, the government, we had to pay over 2% interest for people to lend us money for 12 weeks. The demand dropped to a new cycle low. The bid to cover fell to 2.54. What does that mean? That just means the size of this auction was $51 billion. The government only received bids for $129 billion. And what it is, is what the government does is they take the cheapest one. Okay, Who will take the least amount of money? Let's give them to them. These typically would have bid-to-covers in the three-and-a-half range. So bid-to-covers have fallen. I mean, we're talking about a third less bids. They don't want the dollars. The six-month note took an even bigger fall. The lowest bid to cover from both bills, both the three-month and the six-month, since the Lehman collapse. Remember when Lehman collapsed, nobody did anything for, what, several months. If you take out the Lehman collapse, this is the worst bid to cover on record for either sizes of the, or for the duration of these two notes. Meanwhile, the supply is skyrocketing. Tomorrow, the Treasury needs to sell $70 billion of four-week paper. <laughs> that is also a new record, according to the Treasury. I mean, Glenn, where do they think, what do, what do people really think is going to happen? <laughs> Well, I, I think people are scared to death to do anything right now. And, and when you look at this economy, what, what they're really not talking about is you talked about the, the stock buybacks. Well, and, and, and the economy overall, if you look, how much did that 4.1 GDP cost, cost us as a, as a country? Because we're going to have 1.2 trillion, that's on the low side of deficit this year. And if you project that out 20, 50 years, on the interest, it's going to be deadly. Deadly. Well, Glenn just brought up interest. I'm going to tell you how much we needed to pay for all this debt issue is next. 800 uh, Got a great item. Matter of fact, just got off the phone, hot off the presses. 
we we don't have there are no backdate silver eagles now we I I think it's probably done at least in the near term now this is probably what we're probably on week three or four now no backdates which means everything's 2018s which means the premiums are a lot today we have buffalo rounds right there if you think about the round silver rounds right they're one ounce silver uh they're minted by uh the the by the refiners out there in other words it's, it's not a government issued coin but this is one ounce uh three nine fine silver three hundred and fifty dollars a roll which puts that at about $2.15 over spot. That's less than what I can buy my cost for 2018 Silver Eagles. Uh, so U.S. Buffalo rounds, they 20 in a round, right? They come in a tube, you know, the whole shebang. Uh, they're not Silver Eagles because they're not minted by the government, but these are the Buffalo rounds. They're super cool, uh, and it's 20 ounces of silver, Three hundred and fifty bucks at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Take the time, put them. Listen, you, you know what's coming. You know, Glenn said one point two trillion. Actually, the best case for twenty eighteen is one point three 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 trillion, and I'm it's probably going to be closer to one point four trillion of real debt. They'll tell you the debt was. You know, somewhere below, just below a trillion, right? Because you got the the small number, the big number. I just wanted to give you an update. We're going this. It's going to cost the United States five hundred billion dollars in interest this year. Jamie Dimon came out over the weekend and said. People don't get it. The 10-year note, the probability of it being 5% or more is much, much higher than people think. Because he knows. He knows. By 2020, we're going to be $2 trillion plus a year in debt. By 2025, I've been telling you, listen, $33 trillion a year. And that's just basic math. We're already, Social Security, Medicare, they're already broke. There's no trust fund. just gets added to the debt every year. And that number is going to explode. When the Social Security Administration comes out and they take off years, they're not taking off a couple of months. They're taking off three and four years at a time. This is what is real, right? We can manufacture GDP numbers, right? Let's give a huge tax break. Let's spend uh, hundreds of billions of dollars more this year than we did last year, and we'll pretend that it's prosperity. It feels good for a little bit. But you end up always having to pay the bill. And how are we going to pay these bills when now you've got right, I would argue, Glenn, when you say Jamie Dunn, probably the most respected of the bankers coming out and saying, hey, yeah. 5% 10 year note, yeah, people don't understand what's really going to be coming down the pipe. You better have your wealth insurance in place. Glenn, thanks for joining us.
800 951 0592. We'll see Glennigan on Friday.